the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, right here in the uh, radio studio at the world-class plaza (laughs) (laughs) of an auto repair shop in Tempe is four guys. The young guys have 34 years of experience. The older guys have double them. And uh, so we're just teaching the younger whippersnappers what it's like to really work on cars and think through this the best you can. To my left is Kurt from Kurt's Automotive. His name's on the front door. And sitting to my right is Jeff. His name's not on the front door, (laughs) but he's related to Kurt by blood. Yeah. Then sitting to my immediate right is Eric, and he's related to Kurt um, because he married your daughter. Yeah. Were you sick that day, or did (laughs) did he ask you to marry your daughter? Don't be lying now. <laughs> did he go? Did he ask you? I, I he didn't. He, I don't have near as good a story as you do with your son-in-law. Mark. All right. Well, that's okay. He came to you. And, yes. and he And he said, can I have a few minutes of your time? And he was wearing a bulletproof vest. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and he said, I love your daughter, and I'd like to marry. I want, did he ask for, did, did he ask for your, your permission to marry his, your daughter? You know, I don't remember. All I remember is I said, you're going to go to work for me because you're not starving her to death. Oh. Is that, is that what he said? <laughs> After he, I got permission. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, he remembers differently than me for some reason. I'm not sure how that works. I, I understand that. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, let me tell you about Air Park Auto. Nadine and Stacy opened Air Park Auto in 1985. Um, a while after that, about 10 years or maybe a little bit more, Stacy passed away. Nadine has been running Air Park Auto Service by herself. She's a sturdy lady. Yes, she is. She's tough. Um, and, and you probably know, like I do, that there's no technician that's going to walk into her office and sell her a line of BS. <laughs> that ain't happening. Because that ain't happening. So there's lots of ladies that are looking for a lady-run operation. And if this is kind of far away, it's northeast Scottsdale, but it's a short drive on the 202 or the 101. But they've been around a long time. They're in the air park. They're located on Raintree just east of Hayden, which is just south of Bell Road. Again, family-owned and operated. They've been on my best car repair shop list for years and years and years. They're a state-of-the-art, clean and green facility. They have the latest diagnostic tools. They service most makes and model. And if they don't know your car, they'll refer you to somebody who does. So if you live in the North Scottsdale area, I'm talking Fountain Hills all the way to 56th Street, all the way up to Carefree. Air Park Auto Service is the place I would send you if you ask me that. Okay, so real quick, my son-in-law, his name is uh, Phil. He asked if he could come over, and um, I kind of knew. He was dating my daughter, Andy. So he sits down, and he talks to me, and I'm trying to make him as uncomfortable as I can because (laughs) I remember that day. (laughs) So, I, uh, you know, I'm just kind of yawning and stuff like that, and he, you know, tells me a little bit about himself and stuff, and he says, you know, I want to ask permission if if I could ask Andy uh, to marry me. 
And I said, okay, well, just a minute. And I got up and I walked out of the room. And my wife is some kind of mad. I mean, Snow White is breathing <laughs> fire. <laughs> I walked back in with a chrome double barrel shotgun. And I set it across the table. And I didn't point it at him. It was actually pointed to my left. And he was on my right. And so was my wife. And I kind of get up and I get right in his face and I say, give me that again. <laughs> and he goes, I want to marry your daughter. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells me, I've heard of that happening, but I never thought it would happen to me. <laughs> and I said, that's what I wanted to give you. I wanted to give you something because, and I says, and then I opened it up. And I said, it's, it's never been shot. Didn't have any ammo in it or anything like that. Didn't, my wife didn't care. <laughs> so they had a little girl. They've been married three years. They had a little girl the other day, Josie. So he came up to the ranch, and I have a gun rack up there, and that, that gun is there. And when I had it made, I had it made the indentation on the top where the barrel sits. I had it double-barreled, so it, it can only hold a double-barrel. And I said to him, Phil, come here. You, that, that gun look recognizable to you? And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, that's yours now. I'm giving that to you because now you have a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, I'm not quite sure Andy's going to let me do that. <laughs> I said, okay, we'll ask her again. Richard, good morning to you. How can we help you this morning? Good morning. Uh, I have a question. I've got a 2000 Dodge Durango. I have 250, a little over 250,000 miles on it. I'm the original owner. Um, last year, about a year and a half ago, um, I started like losing oil, but it's not dripping anywhere. It's just disappearing. Uh, I took it to the dealer. They told me it's probably either gunking up underneath somewhere and that I would have to have a complete engine replay. Okay. What engine uh, is it? Occasionally, occasionally you're sitting there, if you sit there, I will, well, it does blow some, like, bluish, you know, gray smoke, but not very often. Okay. What motor's it got in it? Uh, it's the uh, 4.7, mm -hmm. 4.5, I think it is, uh, okay. SLT. Okay, so he's not leaking any oil. He's got, he's been around the world 250,000 miles. He's been around the world 10 times at the girth of the earth. Okay, yeah. that's where how much your belt is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're You're twice the size and mine's twice the size of the equator. That's fine. You can say that. That's fine. That's Get fine. Him. That's fine. That's fine. Every time I ring that bell, that's how many miles you're walking home. <laughs> my guys are out disabling your vehicles right now. But that hurts the vehicle then. Uh, no, it's okay. He'll he'll leave you. <laughs> so so the idea is is 250,000 miles. So what do you think? Um, uh, no, hold on, hold on. He's gonna guess. Those had a problem with valve guides okay. acting up, and then they get a little loose, and they'll start burning oil through the valves. And I agree with you 100%, especially when he said intermittently it'll blow smoke yeah. at idle. Yeah. yeah. All right, so short of rebuilding this motor, is there any other middle ground? Yeah, you could just do a head job, okay. and it'll take a lot of it. Okay. Is it got O-ring seals, or can we put umbrellas on those? Well, can that's we an overhead camera, Mark. Oh, it is? It's yeah, a that, rocker that, assembly? He said the 4.7, so it's okay. the overhead camera. Yeah. Order. So forget that. And they're, they're <clears throat> redoing the valve guides because they do come loose after okay. that many miles. All right. Why can't we just put some 80-90 in it? <laughs> <laughs> you, huh? you I ever, don't see any reason why not to go for it, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, well, uh, you ever try to swim through Jello? Yeah, well, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what, Richard, I'm, when I talk about 80-90, I'm talking about a gear oil, and it's an 80 weight to 90 weight, and so okay. as opposed to... But if he were... What oil are you using in it right now? I, I'm using the recommended oil. That's all I've ever used on it. 1030, 1040, 2050. No, no, this is a 2000. I know. It's 16 years old. I know. A 530 at 530, 630? Yeah. I think oh. it's 
530, I believe. Okay, well, I'd take that water out of there. I'll tell you what, I'd go to a straight 30 weight or straight 40 weight, and if you can control the oil All leak. you know is diesel, so don't worry about. A f it's a 530, <laughs> I know yeah, that. I know. Let me ask you this. Five, what's the difference between 540 and 1540, other than the viscosity? A one. Yeah, a one. <laughs> <laughs> Holy mackerel. Do you know what the difference is? One's a diesel and one's a gas wheel. No. <laughs> you know? It, it's the 5W is the cold start viscosity, well, correct? It, it flows like a 5 weight when it's cold and flows right. like a 40 weight. But the answer is, is almost always, 99% of the time, a 540 is a synthetic. And a 1540 is either conventional or semi-synthetic. Mm -hmm. But they don't make a 1540 synthetic. If you go to a synthetic, mm -hmm. you go to a 540. But but why wouldn't yeah. we just step up his thickness on oil to try to control it? Now, he, something he's missing here is, is what? What did he not say? He hasn't fouled any plugs yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so what about his PCV system? Has anybody ever checked that over thoroughly? Oh, so PCV's he comes good. alive and asks you young whippersnappers, <laughs> what about the PCV <laughs> system? Huh? What do you think? It's possible, but we just know the engine. That's why I went yeah. after what I went after. And and, and, and I, I agree with you, but he's right. He is yes, right, too. This could be a PCV valve problem. So the issue is, what we're struggling here with is, is normally valve guides have a blue smoke on startup almost every time. Yeah. Blue or white smoke. Yeah. We're yeah. going to give them the colors. Second of all, if it's valve guides in there and we're using lots of oil, we're going to foul a spark plug somewhere along the line. And you haven't had either one of those symptoms. You know, actually it was around, two, I'm going to say around 200, 190,000. Um, I did. T I had another tune-up done on it, and I believe that the people who did the tune-up didn't set the one didn't set one plug correctly. And I think it was number one or number eight. I'm not sure. But we, I had someone come and help me look at it, look at it, and we pulled that plug. It was really loose, and it was completely black compared to the other plugs, which were fairly still pretty clean. So I believe that plug was about. I'm not sure it was one or eight, but it was around 190,000 miles. Okay, now, black and brown mean a lot to us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? And oily and and just a good glaze means a lot to us. Yeah. Uh -huh. If I were you, I'd pull out eight and switch it with the next cylinder over. Yeah. Why don't you just pull eight out and look at it? We're looking for a shiny black goo on the spark plug. That's where the oil's coming from. Okay. If if it's a if it's a, a dark brown, like the a, a little darker than the skin on a potato, and if it doesn't have any crusty and doesn't have any solidness to it, that's a good burning spark plug. And between brown and white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what I'd do. I'd, I'd pull eight out and just switch it with the one next to it. And okay. just switch those two. And then wait 5,000 miles and pull them out. And if, this, if, if the black one that went to the cylinder next to it is now clean and the other one's black, then at least we know where the oil's coming from. Okay. If if he has just one spark plug that's affected, then his PCV valve system kind of goes out the window. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. But it's still worth checking. So how do you check the PCV valve? Um, uh, what what is it? What did what did that guy grasshopper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you check the PCV valve system, grasshopper? How do you check it? Mm -hmm. You don't know. How I. If it flows, it flows. If it don't, if it rattles, yeah. it's bad. If there's oil on the backside of it, it's not working right. Okay. All right. Jeff? Yeah. You just check and see if, you, if it holds vacuum. Put your thumb over it. Okay. And if there's oil in the line, that's Oily. a big deal. Oh, and, and not only that is, it's, it's 
you got fresh air coming in through the air filter. Correct. And yeah. PCV valve stands for what, Grasshopper? Positive crankcase ventilation. Okay. So what happens if you put the, if you leave the PCV valve in and it's idling, you pull the oil cap off and just put a piece of paper over that hole, what should happen? You get pressure. No. Suction. Oh, did, you yeah, yeah, leave it in? did you say in or out? In. Oh, I thought you said take it out. Okay, no, in. Okay. So you put a piece of paper, yeah. not a tissue, because it'll suck that tissue yeah. right in the motor. <laughs> so a piece of paper over the oil filler cap, yeah. and you should be able to see that the PCV valve. But that doesn't mean after a quarter of uh, 250,000 miles, he shouldn't put a, what, $10 PCV yeah. valve yeah. in it? Correct. Yeah. It'd it's be wise. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, there you got the brain trust saying that um, there's, there's none of us that would rebuild that motor. No. Okay. Um, and, and and I think the possibilities exist. Put a PCV valve in it, and make sure we have make sure that the orifice that services the PCV valve isn't plugged up with carbon. Yeah. yeah. And make sure that we have good sufficient flow through the PCV yeah. valve, a new PCV valve, and maybe go to a straight 30 weight, and that probably lasts you for a while. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds really good. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Richard. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. The lines are wide open. Um, Guilt. Yes, the lines are wide open. Okay, well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to take one caller, but that means we have four open lines, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. There's 101 years of skilled level in this room, and these two young whippersnappers next to me have 34, and the old guys on the other side of the table have 67, and... Uh, Right? Well, we're winning. And we're winning. <laughs> and all four of us are ASE Master Certified. Yep. So you, you really have the very best of both worlds. I don't know any other radio show that they're going to get four Masters. I don't either. And especially when we got this young whippersnapper <laughs> next to me here. <laughs> that uh, he, he's, you, you should make him walk home. <laughs> you should make him walk home. Anyway, we'll be back right after this. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive. And his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. If you're over 50 and concerned about any of the following, stay tuned for an exclusive free bottle offer. Are you concerned about your heart health? Are you interested in healthy brain function? What about joint comfort and energy? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, we want to send you a free bottle of Krill Omega 50 Plus now with CoQ10. Krill Omega 50 Plus with CoQ10 combines krill oil with fish oil in one tiny pill. And this little pill delivers big health benefits to your your heart, your joints, your arteries, and brain. And with CoQ10, you'll enjoy extra energy, too. Best of all, you can get a free bottle of Krill Omega 50 Plus with CoQ10 today. Just pay for shipping. Call right now and request your free bottle. Dial 1-800-679-5745. That's 1-800-679-5745. 1-800-679-5745. Again, call now. one 800 679 
It's easy to take a day for granted. You and your family are connected by routine and you stick to it. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if your day's routine is disrupted and you can't reach your family? Have you planned for that? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number two. Set the Patriot as an alarm clock. Open the app, click in the upper right-hand corner, and select Alarm Clock. It's that easy. And now you'll wake up to the Patriot. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines? There's only one station for you. 960 The Patriot and 960ThePatriot.com. Welcome back, everybody. I probably should push that button right there. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here talking about car and car repair problems. We're going to talk about automatic transmission exchange because automatic transmission exchange has been around the Phoenix area since 1968. Phil and his staff are transmission diagnostic experts. Transmission repairs and replacements done by automatic transmission exchange have gone to the next level because he has a dynamometer. That means he puts your transmission on this dynamometer and tests its operation before he installs it in your car. It also tells him if he's got an oil leak. That saves a lot of time because everybody else has to take the transmission out, fix it, and put it back in again. Well, ATE, Automatic Transmission Exchange, is located at 40th Street in Washington, and now they're open on Saturdays from 8 to 12 for your convenience. They'll test drive your car and talk to you for free. Stop by anytime you want, 40th Street in Washington, north side of the road, Automatic Transmission Exchange. Let's go to the phones. Mike, you're up next. How can we help you today? Hey, Mark. How's it going? I'm good. Good, good. Good. Hey, um, we talked last week. I had a Ford 2001 Expedition, and we were talking last week about it missing when it's kind of even going up the hill or turning right or left. And I've been thinking fuel pump for a while, and we were kind of narrowing it down to that. But you brought up something about a fuel tank baffle. I'm going to be dropping that tank this weekend and uh, putting a new fuel pump in there. Is there a way to check the baffles in the fuel tank itself? Yeah, if you take it over to Kurtz, Eric will crawl in the <laughs> I'll help him get down yeah. it, Mark. <laughs> and then once he's in there, we ain't letting him out. But, well, that's all right. I've been to Kurtz many a times. Oh, I've never met Ethan. So, uh, obviously, he's not on the show today. So. No, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, what do you, what do, you do on that? Any ideas, Grasshopper? Um, right. You know what we do? We tell them to run it down as far as they dare. Yeah. Then they come by, and it's I'm telling you the truth. Way, yeah. Well, and then we all get on one side of that expedition, and we just shake it like we can shake it. And if you can get past the, all the hub noise on the, st the things, you can actually hear the baffle rolling around inside the tank. So we'll put one guy with a hose inside the yeah. tank to his ear, and we'll all shake it side to side. That's the only thing we know. Yeah. Um, if the baffle is going to cause an intermittent fuel starvation, 
and typically if you had a fuel gauge on there intermittently you'd see the pressure drop half or more yeah and so if what's the expedition going to have 30 40 I thought it was more like 45, but okay. I could be. All right, I'll, I'll go with that. I don't remember. You know, I think Mike said he was going to drop the tank. Oh, well, if that's the case. That's easy to see. If oh, you yeah. got the fuel pump out, you can just look right in there. Yeah. yeah. Just, just turn it over. Now, what happens if it's broken or hap if it's come loose, then what? Just replace it. Just replace the tank? Yeah. Okay. There's no welding on that no. thing. Okay. There's no JB welding or there's no <laughs> epoxy or nothing like that at all. Mm. Why not just take the baffle out? I mean, if it's baffled, there's going to be more than one baffle, Correct. yes? Yes. And really, the baffles do nothing but, but cool, or not cool, but they make the area around the fuel pump um, more level, I should say. Yeah. Uh, the ocean is outside that area, and this is kind of a walled-off area where we don't have a fluctuation in levels as bad. So, I mean, yeah, because I notice, I notice whenever I go up or down the hill, it, it kind of starts missing a little bit, and when I turn right or left, and then... Uh, I do notice when I go to fill it up, it's a 25-gallon tank, and I'll get it down as low as I can. And then it will only take 18 gallons before I have to really start pushing it in, and I can push it in to get to 23, which I know that's not good, but is that is that about right if the baffles are messed up in there? Anybody? I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, it depends. If he's got a little dents or something like that, he might, in the bottom of the tank, he might, 23 might be all it takes, but I wouldn't run them down that low i'd use a quarter of tank as empty and then does it still miss if you're at a half a tank do you still miss going up or down it, hills? it misses on a full tank a half tank it's or not, even a quarter tank it's not yeah. baffles it's not no. baffles we all agree it's not baffles okay the baffles okay. are going to starve it um and it's going it's when especially like kurt said when you're at a quarter or half a tank and so okay. it's it's not going to be it's not going to be a baffle but what needs to happen is somebody just needs to hang a fuel pressure gauge on that you need to determine when it happens and how you can make it happen we hang a fuel pressure gauge now if he brings your car in, do you have the ability to rent him a fuel pressure gauge, install it, and duct tape it to the outside of the windshield? No, I think we only have two, so it just depends on the day. Okay. We have one for that, and we charge $75 on and off, and you have to buy a new one if someone steals it. <laughs> and, they, and, and that's never happened, but you just have to be smarter. We tell people, we'll tape it to the outside of the windshield, but you take the tape off and slide it underneath the hood and then put it back up when you're done. But that gets them involved, and usually within 24 hours. But we ask them to practice making it happen or put the vehicle in the situation mm -hmm. so you can determine. The only other possibility mm -hmm. is, is we'll take a propane tank and we'll take a small line and we'll run it to the air intake. And when it starts missing, have them open the propane tank about two turns and see if that makes a difference. Because yeah. the fuel starvation, that'll make mm -hmm. it make it yeah. better. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways to do that. But usually we're going to get – you're not going to send – um, anybody, Jeff, uh, out driving that car for three hours, are you? Unless Kurt's feeling grouchy that day. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. All we got to do is get on. All we yeah. got to do is get on the 17, and I can make it happen as soon as we go up and around to the 101. Okay. Uh, <laughs> see, that, that'd that, be easy to find. Yeah. Then. That 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 would be easy to find. the The only other thing is 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 you need to make sure that at full it's still there. Yeah. Because that's going to make all the difference in the yeah. world. Because if it only happens at half and less, 
then that helps us out. Right. But if it's full, and you can stuff the tank if you want, just like Kurtz does, and that's mm -hmm. a violation of federal law, but never don't let it bother I you. I don't let that bother me. That doesn't bother me either. Yeah. I stuff my <laughs> tank. <laughs> well, and, and you know, um, we, we're driving diesels, though. Yeah. And, and so it's not like a gas. Yeah. With a gas motor, we don't want you to stuff the tank because then you start sucking liquid, liquid. through the evaporative system instead of uh. vapor, and that causes a check engine light. Then you're going to go spend a whole bunch of money having some clown put a TPS on it, which doesn't belong to <laughs> Yeah, I heard that earlier, yeah, too. But also, I'm driving a Ford, Mark. I'm oh, driving my God a Ford. Heaven. All right, well, listen, thank you very much, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mark, on a whole other note, just having a conversation. If it is a fuel-related concern, Ford's usually really good at setting lean codes or fuel trim codes. Yeah. But with the shaking vibrating, Ford's do not set misfire codes. Okay. They're terrible at setting misfire codes. So you're not I, looking I, for that. The absence of a misfire code doesn't mean anything to us. Correct. Especially Ford. It's, and, and other cars are much better, like General Motors. And I'm not saying yeah. Ford General Motors, but General Motors has pretty good history. Yeah. And you can go in there and find out the cylinder and how many times it missed. Yeah. So, uh, and the diesels, to some extent, yeah. have some pretty nice uh, yeah. that as well. So, all righty, Mike, good luck to you. And, all right. Uh, thanks, Mark. All right. All stop right. drinking, and then you are, probably won't have Grasshopper working on your car. If you <laughs> just quit drinking, Mike. Doggone it. All righty. We're going to take a break. And when you, well, uh, let me ask you this. Do we have anybody on the line right now? Sean, Sean, I, I can't do you justice because I got a minute and a half. So I'm, I'm going to take your call first on the other side. So stay right there. But let me tell you about Larry Harker's auto. He's been around since 1967. He's at 38th Avenue and Indian School. Present company excluded. He's probably one of the best diagnosticians I've ever seen. And he's got gray hair. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> and and Bob, Bob had a Dodge truck with a check engine light on and an air conditioning problem. And he found it when nobody else could. And I'll tell you something else. I passed on it because I didn't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but I sent him to Bob, and he got it fixed. Yeah. So he's a great guy, and he's probably one of those diagnosticians that really separates himself from everybody else. 38th Avenue and in Indian School, been around since 1967. His wife runs, Ellen, runs the front counter. He's in the back of the shop, and he's really, really good. So you have to do what I call waving the red flag. You go to the front counter, you tell them about your problem, and you say, I've had this to 20 shops in town, and nobody can fix it. And they all tell me that no human being in the face of this earth can find it and fix it. And that's called waving the red flag <laughs> in front of the bull. So have you ever heard that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And people do that, and that's okay if, if because we know they're doing that. Yeah. We know that they're doing it, but it does challenge you somewhat, mm -hmm. I think, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. when, you know, he's got, and if he comes in with a fistfuls of receipts, <laughs> and then you really go, okay, I'm going to hop on my horse and be your hero, yeah. buddy. <laughs> All righty, 602-508-0960. When we come back, we're going to take one call, and if you'd like to join us, you can. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. 
They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. You need a plan as you get closer to retirement, a plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis Sachs-Pilvinas. She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot. America, welcome home the brave. The brave men and women who serve their country are coming home. Home to their cities and towns. Home to their mountains and valleys. Home to their families and friends. Home to America. Some of these warriors are coming home with wounds you can see, and some with wounds you can't see, like post-traumatic stress disorder. Wounded Warrior Project was created to provide the support these wounded veterans need to ensure their return to America is well-adjusted and successful. But we need your help to ensure that our mission is a success. Help us honor and empower these wounded warriors. Contact us at findwwp.org. America, welcome home the brave. Hey kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for their mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Check out the Seth Liebson Show podcast page at 960thepatriot.com, where you can replay every minute of every show. The Seth Liebson Show, where it's principles, not politics. Weekdays from 6 to 8 p.m. on Intelligent Talk 960 The Patriot. I'm retired Rear Admiral Jim Simons, former captain of the USS Ronald Reagan, and you're listening to the home of Decision 2016, 960 The Patriot. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Sitting to the right is Eric from Kurtz Auto. He's the lead tech. He's an ASE master. Then Jeff is the general manager. He's an ASE master. Do you get your hands? Let me see your fingernails. Those aren't even dirty. Let me see yours. There's a man's hand right there. <laughs> Don't have to see mine, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I bite my fingernails. So <laughs> mine always look clean. Nevertheless, and Kurt's over here to my left, and today we're just, as you can tell, we're having a lot of fun. So if you'd like to join us, you can. Sean's first. We're going to take Sean right now. Anybody else, 602-508-0960. You have a one in four chance of getting on. 
actually you have a four and four chance because I'm not going to break for 20 minutes. Yeah. So we've got a lot of time. Sean, good morning to you. How can we help you this morning? Morning. Yeah, morning. I have a 99 Toyota 4Runner. Just turned 206,000 miles. Um, I've owned it since 08. And the uh, problem is I've got an O2 Bank 1 sensor that keeps coming up. Um, I've had that problem since I bought the truck. I've taken it in, had, a, had the O2 replaced. That was several years back. And then did again just this year, had it replaced. But that, that still doesn't take care of the problem. It, the light comes on after another day or two once the mileage racks up on it. So I was over at Kelly's car carrier, and they went in, and they found a frayed wire that was connected. I don't know if it was a positive or negative. Connected to the O2 sensor that runs up to the ECU, I guess. So they replaced that section. That didn't work. So they replaced the whole wire up to the uh, firewall, but they didn't go through the firewall. I guess it's really difficult to get through their okay, wire. Okay, Sean, this none of this makes any difference because what you're telling us about all the things they did that made no difference. Right. And 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 the real issue is is he's got bank one. So where do you where do you start when you're working on this car? Where do you start? Is it a signal circuit fault or is it a heater circuit fault? Do you know? Let well, let's assume it's a signal. It sounds like a signal, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. assume it's a signal. What we're talking about is is there the O2 sensor has a heater, so we're going to heat it up so that the emissions are cleaner first thing in the morning. If we had to wait for the O2 sensor to heat up, we'd have four or five minutes of terrible emissions. So if we run a heated O2 sensor, we heat it up a lot faster, and then we control emissions a lot faster. Let's assume it's a signal. Go. Okay. Well, first of all, basically the easiest thing to do is to tie in right at the ECM because that's what matters. Right. And drive it and see if we're getting just a signal that's dropping out or getting shorted or something. I mean, okay. if it is, then we're... We're yeah, halfway home. We're ha that's yeah. what they now, thought. They, they thought it was a short, so they replaced the wire, but it, that didn't work either. So. Okay. Well, yeah. and then I have another thing. Um, I want to go drive the thing. And like you said, I want to look for faults and dropping out. I want to see it switching. So yeah. we're going to look at numbers 1 through 10 for simplistic reasons. Yeah. 1 through 10. And we want to see it go 7, 2, 6, 3, 7, 2, 8, 1, 9, 2. And, and we want to switch it above 5 and below 5. Yeah. Now, I also want, and, and I don't know, is this going to have, this? is this 2000 going to have pre and post on bank 1? Yes. Okay. So we want to see it switching on the front side. And no switching on and the And no switching on the back side. Okay. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to pull up those two codes on bank one, or those two O2 sensors, and we're going to create a huge vacuum leak. Yep. And when we do that, we're going to see lean on the front and real lean, lean on the back. Yeah. Then we're going to get Kurt's bottle of whiskey and pour <laughs> that in the intake, and we're going to make it run real rich. Yep. And then we'll see what on 1 to 10 on the front one. Nine or you should see nine or ten or nine or ten, and on the back, what are we going to see? Nine or ten. Exactly. Do it. Because the catalytic converter can't yeah. process all that fuel. Yeah. So we're going to make it run lean and run rich, and we're going to test the ability for those two sensors to see high and low. Yeah. Right. It's in front yeah. of the cat. Does that make sense? Well, that yeah. difference. That you want to compare them. Yeah. You because see the idea is by putting two O2 sensors on, we we know that the one coming out of the motor is going to be a little heavy in in gas. We're measuring the content of gas inside the exhaust. So the one in the front side is going to have five, six, or seven, but when it comes through the catalytic converter, we expect to see a one or a two, right? Or well, less. They've actually changed that now, but okay. that's a different story. All right, go ahead. How did they change it? Well, they actually, when you run in the catalytic, they heat up more. They actually want to run them more like four or five. They want to run them mid-range, almost six sometimes. So they don't want to melt the cat. Yeah, they don't. So want we've to. just changed the parameters. Yeah. Okay. So we're coming in at what number? 
on a one to ten. Yeah, one to ten, and it comes right. out around a six is where it should. All right, so it's coming in at six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, and then it's going out as a six. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're changing the parameters on the on the number two on bank one on number two post cat. Yeah. We're changing it because we're melting the cat down. Yeah. So it's kind of like a big barbecue. So we're if you if you have a barbecue and you're all ready to put steaks on there. Then all of a sudden, you dump five gallons of gas on that thing. It you're gonna hot. have it gets hot. So yeah, that's the, what the happened. Bar, the barbecue thing is the only thing that makes sense out of all that to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, just like Kurt, Kurt does the same thing. I mean, everybody wants their burgers medium well, and he just puts gas on the fire, and he says, "I'll have your medium well done here pretty soon." The idea is, is there's a process. When we come back, I got to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about one that ate our lunch. I mean, ate our lunch. And we couldn't figure out why that bank one post cat wouldn't talk and it would just stick. And that's all it did. And, of course, we, like everybody else, put one in it. And it still set the code and it wouldn't complete the drive cycle. And it created an intermittent problem. So when we come back, we'll tell you what we found on that. I don't know if it's applicable to this because this is the first time we've ever found this problem. But the bottom line is, is they can be weird, but most of them aren't weird. And O2 sensors, in my opinion, and you can chime in, both of you can chime in, all of you can chime in. What percentage of O2 sensors actually necessitate the replacement of an O2? And when we come back, you can think about that. 602-508-0960. Sean, you stay right there. We'll be back right after this. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. The Robert Graham Show, an insider's look. Politics, you can ignore it. You can be a passive bystander, and you can kind of watch these games play out around the country, or you can engage and be an active participant in something that's actually going to mean something. From the chairman of the Arizona GOP. We'll talk about Arizona. We'll talk about the world economics and things that are impacting the U.S. We'll look at the things that really matter to you. Sundays at 7 a.m. Brought to you by IQ Wealth Management and Steve Jurich. Steve Juricher, imagine a safe and secure IRA rollover with a 10% to 15% upfront bonus with a guaranteed growth rate on your income account of up to 6% to 10%. Rather than dumping your 401k or IRA into a market destined to fall and fall hard, imagine never having to take another market-related loss as long as you live. You've worked too hard and saved too long to throw away your money now. Call me today or visit TrustIQWealth.com. That's TrustIQWealth.com. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital. Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma. 
accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits. I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. A little whistle sound comes out when I breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. Patriot app tip number three. Listening to Seth Liebson from 6 to 8 and want to chime in? Open your Patriot app, click the upper left-hand corner, and click on Call Studio. It's that easy. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select Email or Talk Back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Most Friday nights, I can be found dead in the bed of my truck. <laughs> Isn't that what they said? Dead in the bed of my truck? All right, we were talking about Sean real quick, and um, don't let me forget to do this one. Okay. Sean w- took his Forerunner into a whole bunch of shops, and everybody's been playing with it, and nobody can fix what's the matter, and they ran a new wire from the PCM to the O2 sensor, blah, 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 blah. But I think what we've talked about in the testing procedure probably hasn't been done. Yeah, the rich, the lean, and and what we have to do on an O2 sensor is we have to see, the, we have to make it, if we can see it, both see the extremes of its ability. So if can if it can supposed to see numbers one through ten, and and in reality, I'm using that as just an example for the customer. You yeah. knows that you know it's a five volt system like I do, yeah. but one through ten makes it easier for everybody to understand. So we need to see if it can see one and see if it see ten, and under the right conditions. So we had this one on a Ford that just ate our lunch. We figured out after working on this car for free for like four and a half years. <laughs> we figured out. Guys did. They worked on it for four days for free. Well, they charged me for the O2 sensor, but then yeah. they did that wire work all for free because they couldn't figure it out and still didn't figure it out. Okay. Well, um, we, we did some free work a lot, too, because we needed to find out what this was. We did a, 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 a volt drop test on the ground circuit. Yeah. We just took a metal screw and screwed it into the subframe and ran a 10-gauge wire to the ground. Problem solved. Yep. I'm not going to go upstream and look for that ground. No. I I know it's a ground, and I I got no volt drop from there, but I'm not. And I just clipped the wire, put it back in the harness, and we're done. I didn't do any of this, but they did. Yeah. So are you going to chase that ground out, or are you just going to add a supplement ground? I'm probably at a supplement ground. And I, you bet you. Now, he, the question we left on the table was, of all the O2 sensors that all of us have seen, now, I'm going to guess that all of us seen see together. I know that we see 5, 6, 7 to 10 a week. Yeah, it's not uncommon. Okay. An O2 code. Mo- An O2 most, code. Yeah. O2 it's really issues. common, yeah. Okay. That and NEVAP, but... What you, we said, what what percentage of an O2 sensor code actually necessitates the code, or the O2 sensor replacement? You said? I said 30%. You said 1 in 3. That's 33%. He, he said <laughs> I said 1 in 3. Mark. Okay, well, that's 33%. You <laughs> yeah. said 1 in 3. No, and I, Kurt and I said about 25%. 25% yeah, 1, one in 4. four. W- we're out there working, so we remember better than you guys. 
<laughs> you know what? That's okay. That's okay. I, I know your paycheck's going to be later because he's going to forget to sign it. No, I'm, I'm sending it to you, and you can give to oh, him when you're ready. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And and I'm only like 40 miles away from where you're at. Yeah. So we'll teach you what time and distance <laughs> means. <laughs> the bottom line is is 20. Uh, you will, let's just agree 28 percent of the O2 sensor codes actually need yeah. an O2 sensor. Yeah. yeah. Let's name a couple. You think of a couple. O2 heater code is as a lot of times a fair replacement. Enough. Give me give me a, something that causes an O2 sensor code but ain't an O2 sensor. Oh okay. Intake gasket leaks. Okay. Any. Any kind of wiring, ground problems. Okay. Uh, you're going to have uh, fuel pump, low fuel pressure. How about a plugged fuel filter? Yeah. Okay. The injector's saying, uh, the computer's saying, open the faucets. The injector says, I got a 100% duty time, and the O2 sensor stuck lean. Yeah. Because the fuel filter's plugged. But everybody says, oh, that can't happen. We see it all the time. Yeah. You said vacuum leaks. That's a yeah. big picture. Vacuum leak anywhere in underneath yeah. the hood, anywhere in the system is going to cause that O2 sensor to go lean. What about a fuel pressure regulator that's got a bad diaphragm? It can go both ways. Exactly. But it, it can also, and either way, it points to the O2 yeah. sensor, yeah. but it's still going to say O2 sensor. Yeah. What about a, an injector that's uh, stuck open or dripping? It'll run it massively rich, but exactly. it'll say O2. Okay, and it'll say O2. So you, we look at abundance of fuel, abundance of air. And how many possibilities are in each one of those two categories? Almost Tons. endless. Endless. Yeah. So you've got all these different things, but as long as you test the O2 sensor first in a very simplistic way, you just go in and make sure it can see lean and rich and make sure it's going to switch. Yep. We have a Jeep now with an aftermarket uh, high-performance motor in it. And what we've determined, it, it won't reset the monitor. And what we've determined is, is when it's in closed loop, which is normally cold, yes, it switches fine. Once it goes into um, closed loop, it stops switching, which sends an O2 sensor code immediately. Yeah. So we can't get it through emissions because it's a high-performance supercharged motor that's been dropped in one of those CJ, those... Uh, Somebody wrote the programming wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Something in there is causing that to go into closed loop when it's an open loop and vice versa. So we can't get that O2 sensor to switch because it's in, it goes from closed loop to open loop. Or open loop to closed loop, but it's not switching. So we've wired to the PCM, and so we just gave it back to them, and we said we got to give up. Because yeah. it's something we're not going to be able to fix, especially when you have to, you've you got aftermarket programming in an original equipment PCN. Yeah. So, the O2 sensor codes are tough ones, yes. but they're not hard. No. This one on this Ford truck ate our lunch, and we probably haven't had our butts beat that hard in probably five years. But this one got us. But we learned something. You try my Toyota. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I'm I'm pretty a smart guy when it comes to that. Um, I'm you, you say that you you successfully fixed one, and then all of a sudden you're covered up with people who's got those cars that nobody yeah. else can fix. And I want to tell you, I'll tell you truthfully, I'll give you the very best advice I can. Eric at Kurtz Auto. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it weren't for the emissions test, I wouldn't even worry about it. But yeah. Every two I, years, I got to reset the computer, cheat the test. Right, I understand. Well, um, I'm quite sure that someone with the uh, the uh, training and background sitting next to me here, this kid with the bald spot on the back of his head. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> um, uh, I'm pretty sure he can figure that out. Um, you've had your lunch eaten oh, once or yeah. twice. I mean, it's it's not, you know, Eddie's my best guy. Eddie and Todd are my best two guys. Adam is a master as well. And each one of them is responsible for two or three a year that just eat their lunch. Yeah, and, and probably you 
probably take it from him and give it to one of the other younger guys or back and forth, and you say, I need a fresh pair of eyes. But we can't do 10 hours worth of work for free. No. no. We have to just punt on them sometimes and say, we are just not the shop that can fix this. It's not something that we can typically bill for the 10, 4, 5, 6, 10 hours no. that we spent on it either. So you can't give them the problem back and give them a bill for 1000 bucks. Correct. That yeah. normally doesn't happen. Well, thank you very much, Sean. Good luck to you, buddy. All righty. Eddie, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning. I hope you can help me. Okay, <laughs> we'll try. Well, I got something easy, I'm hoping. I got a 76 Chevy van that I, you know, changed all the uh, antifreeze and all the water. Okay. Bought a new cap for it. And when I started it up, the cap was leaking. So I took it back and got another one, and that one leaked. And uh, I found out that if I disconnect my reservoir, it'll quit leaking. And okay. I don't understand what it's doing, how it's getting, you know, going through the cap and then drips off the side and down. Okay, so the drip, let's forget about the line to the reservoir. Okay. Um, the drip is coming from the cap area. Yes, it, by cap okay. is on an angle. I understand. On that I understand. radiator, and it's dripping off the, the edge of the cap underneath. Right. Okay. It looks like it's getting through the, the internal part and coming out the cap and just okay. staying there. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, so when you disconnect the hose, are you disconnecting it at the nipple next to the cap, or are you disconnecting it from the overflow jug? Uh, the, from, yeah, from the uh, nipple. Okay. What well, has to be? Hey, Mark. in that line. Huh? You got a no. bug in that line. Hey, Mark. Huh? He said a 76 Chevy van. That's the one that's got the reservoir up high. Up high. Right that's, above it. So he's getting bad caps. Exactly. See, that the, the reservoir is supposed to work this way. Grasshopper, help me out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that when the cap lets go, because as the water heats up, we want to move about a pint of fluid. So we're going to send it into the recovery jug. That's why we have a cold and a hot mark. Right, correct. So it goes to hot. Then when you shut the car off at night and you go to sleep, um, then it sucks the that little a brass plug on the very bottom of the radiator cap is drawn open and we suck coolant from the uh, reservoir yes. back into the radiator and keep it full. So we're transporting a pint or two pints back and forth. You've got a reservoir that sits up higher than the cap. Yeah. So why wouldn't we replace the hose first? Because it could be le leaking at the nipple? Well, he says it's leaking out around the cap, so it's got to be going between. Yeah, it's around the cap, and uh, the, the, minute I, the minute the reservoir is empty, it quits, and it runs, and it's fine. He could also have a distorted radiator neck. That would be the other thing, yeah. He could. He could. Well, um, take a flat file and go across that radiator neck gently. Well, and I notice there's a quite a little hump right where the hose comes yeah. through. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you take a flat file and you f you f go across the top of there, you'll find out if one part's higher than the other. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. And then, depending on how high it is, you might be able to file it down. Yeah. Grasshopper's going to get a uh, 700 horsepower grinder. A <laughs> uh, riding one. And, and riding <laughs> one and ride over that cap. But in reality, um, I'm thinking if it's not too big of a deal, us senior guys probably could take a good hammer, uh, find out the high spot, and bring it down enough to make it work. Yeah, as long as it's not, a, he, he doesn't say anything, as long as it's not aluminum radiator or something. Well, 76. No, well, it's not aluminum. Yeah. So, uh, we've had people replaced with oh. aluminums and never able to get them to seal. I understand. So that's what we think. We think you should take a, a flat file, drag it across the top, take the cap off, obviously, drag it across the okay. top of the neck, because there's two sealing surfaces, yes. the top and then the bottom. Correct. 
So you're introducing coolant in the middle between those two. That's what I was thought okay. I was doing. <laughs> right. So and and it's Chevrolet made that mistake. Now it's probably the only Chevrolet mistake I can ever remember. <laughs> <laughs> but they mounted that bottle a little higher, and nobody else has done that. Uh, okay. So if you wanted to, um, uh, you know, I would. I'd remote that reservoir and put it on the passenger seat and have your wife hold it, and uh, this problem solved. <laughs> oh, yeah, my wife won't think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand that, but just tell her Kurtz at Kurtz Automotive is the one that suggested that. No, I believe that was Mark. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Eddie, that's that's what we think. Okay. We think this okay, is fixable. Guys, thank you. All right, you betcha. 602508. Uh, Luke? Yes. Hi, Luke. How are you today? Hi, how are you doing, Mark? I'm good, good, good. Uh, 1996 Voyager Plymouth. Okay. Uh, Six-cylinder engine, three-liter. Okay. Very good condition. I have original 70,000 miles on it so far. Running excellent. 117. Uh, no, just 70. Oh, 70. 70,000. Okay. Very good. low mileage. All right. But well. aging car. Uh, my problem I've experienced within the last three weeks, it uh, dies suddenly, and it died, you know, like about three times so far. When I'm driving this in drive gear, and it's between the speed would be between 20 to 30 miles an hour sometimes. And when I take, you know, my uh, uh, my my foot off of the uh, off of the uh, gas pedal, boop. It dies. And when I stop it, because I have to stop it since it's power, put it back in park and uh, crank it up, immediately starts back again. So I couldn't understand All that. Right. So Is there a loss of power somewhere or something? Okay, stop. You're driving down the road, and you're doing 20, 30 miles an hour, and you let go of the throttle, and it dies. You coast off to the side of the road. You start the thing back up, and it holds an idle fine. Is that the synopsis of what you what you just told Absolutely. us? Absolutely. Okay, Grasshopper, yeah. what do you think? Uh, there's a couple things that come to mind. All right. Uh, he's either got a dirty throttle body, stick and IAC, or he's got a weak battery, and it's losing its learned idle, and so it tries to relearn it after. After that. After that. What about an EGR valve that's stuck open? That's sticking possible. open. Yeah, it's possible. That could too. be it. Yeah. So an electrical systems test, Jeff, to do a battery alternator regulator test on the electrical side and check the battery. And we'll say we gotta give five, six tenths for it, something okay. like that. So we're in the so in the we're in the forty five to sixty five dollar range for an electrical systems check. If this was a customer of yours, um, and he's been able to get it happen, and he knows when and how right. it happens and stuff. I think I'd go back to the EGR situation. I'd get him involved. So yeah. I'd just disable the EGR, tell him to ignore the check engine light I, I'm going to create, disable it, and say, you try it. Now, as far as resetting minimum idle authority and, and cleaning up the throttle blades and resetting TPS and, and the throttle blades and IAC, how much is that, Jeff? You're roughly... What, an hour, hour and a half, something and, like and that? And I'm in the 150 range. Cleaning the throttle body, synchronizes IAC, TPS, and throttle blades. I'm yeah. there. So the answer to your question is, is the preliminary part's going to be 85 to $125 to kind of hone in on whether it's idle control problems or whether it's EGR problems. Then at that point, if it's idle air control, we're going to do our diagnostic, and then we're going to charge you somewhere in the vicinity of 100 to $150 to do the fix the repair. If it's going to be... EGR, we're going to have you involved. We're going to disable the EGR valve and see what happens after that. 
Then, if you say, that solved the problem, but it gave me a check engine light, then we're going to sell you an EGR valve, clean up the orifice, and we're going to put you back together. That's going to be a little bit more expensive than cleaning up the idle uh, throttle blades. But it's going to be, I agree, it's going to be one of those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what part of town do you live in, Luke? Uh, Cave Creek. Cave Creek. You don't, I don't have anybody in Cave Creek. You'd have to come down to Bell and Hayden and go to um, Air Park Auto. That's the closest shop I have that I can recommend to you. And what is the name of that uh, automotive shop, please? It's called Air Park Auto. Air Park Auto. It's on Rain Tree, just east of Hayden, on the south side of the road. Air Park Auto. All righty, thanks, Luke. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.